lot of work goes into getting you to obey. But as I say, every member, every member of this affiliated with the CDC and the WHO and all the rest of it, they all know each other. They're all appointed to positions. They all go along with the exact same agenda. They all get incredible financing for their own private businesses, the ones who've got their own private businesses in uh, in vaccine industry or or preventions and, and different things like that, or research. And they're all sworn to the same companies that'll be, or, or <laughs> you'll soon be meeting personally if they get their way. They're even using the, again the war talk. We're at war. We're at war with a virus. Really, just to get war, eh? Huh? Is that right? And then they get the, again the dancing nurses. This is the kind of stuff they would put out during a wartime scenario. Uh, and uh, how fun it is, as, as I say, to, to eat less, you know, and to eat uh, cricket burgers and things like that. Uh, maybe make your own, in fact, just cook up the ants. I saw that the other day, too, how you, get, you can cook up ants and eat them, too. Eh? Do you want to be reduced to this by these control freaks who, who planned this? This is planned, folks. Didn't this happen suddenly? You had the exercises, again, all planned, done in the future scenarios from the Rockefeller Foundation 2010. If you've already through it, you've come across it all for pandemics and how they're going to do, shut the people down, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, with, uh, you had the, the, the one with, uh, uh, the one for COVID-2021 idea. For the, for the Johns Hopkins ones with Bill Gates. So, I took time to plan it, just even going through the, the, the Stern scenario. Uh, the, the, the figures are massively exaggerated as we know, for national deaths and what they're telling the public. They've got hospitals there that they've, they've been laying off staff since the start of this thing. Because the people who run the hospitals, all the other departments are getting laid off since nothing's, they can't bring, they're not paying, bringing the patients in. The ones in New York and elsewhere uh, have actually been bringing some of the, the ones in from the, from the old folks' homes. And these old folks' homes are death traps, you know that. But they're also bringing a lot of them in for the numbers. Uh, who end up dying in the hospitals, uh, and they're really in hospices for where you, you're there for about, uh, maybe a, a month at the most before you die. That's what that's standard. That's what hospice is for. A hospice is palliative care, you know. But it pads all the figures. And then you have Dr. Burks, like who again has made her career as really a, a political appointee. Uh, for different viruses, especially AIDS, and across the world, and dishing out grants here and grants there, and so on. Again, the same same companies, <laughs> and uh, made a career out of it too. So I don't think she'll she'll buck the flow and say anything of her own uh, to the general public. So as I say, they're all on board with the same agenda, obviously. And it's bigger than just. Uh, I mean, let's be honest here. How many folk are dying? We know this too now. There's doctors coming out across the, the planet now saying there's folk dying here because they can't get treatment for other things anymore. They can't even get in the hospitals to get treatment. There's folk who could, could, could survive. There are a lot of heart attacks who get no treatment at all, and they're dying. People, they could, they could probably just have a, get a stint put in there and some treatment, and they could live years later, for years. A, a good a good life, you know. But no. Written off, written off for this agenda as they lay off staff all over the place. They're on furlough, as they, as they like to call it. It's just astonishing. And some of these old folks' homes, too, have been ordered by the government in some place like New York City. Some of them, I don't know which ones, 
that they have to take in patients that have symptoms symptoms of of COVID-19. Well, that's going to spread it around the ones that are uninfected, eh? Yeah, yeah. You gotta start thinking. When you see illogical things happening, there's, there's some purpose behind it that have to have a reason, right? The old, uh, Sherlock Holmes stories, uh, Conan Doyle. And he said that, uh, in, in the, in the, he was talking to Watson, you know. He said, my father, I think it was his father, so he used to say that, uh, or his mentor anyway, he, says, he, he said, when you've looked at all, all the, all the little clues, and you can't find the cause of what's happened here. Uh, of all the possible things that could possibly happen to make the thing happen, the main thing, the killing or whatever it was, a robbery, happen. If you've ruled all the things, and you can't find the common denominator to make it happen, it says and you must accept the, the, the other side of that which is impossible. It must lay within the impossible and be true. When logic fails. You see? And that's what you have with this thing. So much of it is so illogical. But it has to be a purpose behind it. And the purpose is definitely padding numbers like you've never seen before. I'll put up another link to the YouTube uh, of uh, an appoint again. <laughs> and again, it's another Smalmy character, uh, Matthew Hancock, member of parliament in Britain. And, uh, he starts off as an economist and jumps right into politics and, and he's, he's got that con man, oh, just, just suave and, and, oh, you know, slimy. And so he was given a position as, um, Minister for Health, you know, the appointment over the, 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 the big, you know, the National Health. He's a Minister for Health. And he's on, he's on, must have been from TV, they took this. And, um, and he says, in it, when they're talking about uh, the COVID and all that, and he says, and, and he says, you must remember too, he says, that, that we normally lose 10,000 per month of the elderly and, and these homes and, 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 and their own homes too, and, and Britain, 10,000 a month. Normally. See, most folk don't realize their folk dying all the time. One day you'll go as well. And your whole world will go with you. Say, ah, it can't be me. It's not my time. It's impossible. We'll all go there eventually. Coming into the world is very personal. You're born. This is your birth, you know. You might have ten going on around you in the National Health Service in Britain. But the fact, this is your birth, you know. And you know you, you, you've come in a bad place. As soon as you, you, that fuzziness clears your eyes a bit, and all this noise is echoes in the room. And you see immediately the people in authority are all wearing masks, right? And then one of them grabs you, turns you upside down, slaps you one in the back and the behind, and then tosses you at your maw after weighing you in a machine. Huh? You know you've arrived in here. Quite a nasty system, eh? But yeah, that, that's really how it is in this world. That's how it is. That's your personal coming into the world. And eventually, it's your personal leaving the world. We don't want to think about it. And some some folk are lucky enough, they don't have to think about it. They're still going on, and they just drop dead suddenly. And you know, a guy who um, did that in a field, he's a farmer. Not here, it was in, in the UK, but he, he did die. He was fit up to the end as well. 
uh, and lean and, and fit and that wiry type that keeps going. Sudden, you know, a sudden uh, aneurysm, I guess, in his brain. That bump just dropped. But without, uh, he wouldn't have time to even see what's happening. It was poof. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? That's the way to go. That is. But uh, we all get our turn. And, and, uh, and once you get to a certain age, in fact, in fact, I think even after 40, folk occasionally starts to dawn on you. <laughs> Uh, step by step That one day it'll be your turn as well But you don't think about it. If you did you get depressed So we have a natural, uh, a natural ability To kind of go into kind of denial And ignore it and not dwell on it. Or, you, or be morbid you, you would collapse you see With morbidity of thought Then they give you pills That make you really crazy So anyway uh, Yeah that's your, that's your personal exit That will happen to you But again at least it used to be up until the time of death, you had decisions that you could, if you're, if you're compass mentors, you could decide for yourself what you wanted. And if you had people who would take care of you at the last, in the last little while, however it was and so on, rather than going to a hospital, you could, that was even better again. Because now in the hospitals, they, they, they'll, they've written you off before they even really diagnose you in Canada, I think, that happened to me. And uh, they kicked me out before the week was up and took me off the medication that was going to save my life. I had to search for outside the country. But now they've even said in Canada, as I've mentioned this a few times, I even put it on out there a few years ago when Canada said that, in Ontario especially, they're all the same now though, because we've got euthanasia here now, you see, that they'll automatically try and get you to accept euthanasia. And they've got great persuaders. They should, it's like the old, old, old TV series, they called the Persuaders, I think it was, uh, and there was a, 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 a group called that too, Persuaders, I think. So they fly in persuaders, professional persuaders. They're trained, and they look like ordinary people. There's an ordinary woman there, it could be a mother, and an ordinary guy, it could be, and so, and they come in, and they, they get to know the people, the relatives in the waiting room, or outside the ward, or whatever. Of the person, especially if, if, if people have been hit by accidents and so on, and a coma, and they try to persuade the relatives to give consent, you know, it's really sad, that, you know, and, uh, to give their organs before the person's dead, because they want, they want to keep the body alive until the last second before they take it out, you see. And, um, so it's not permission, but awfully good, and they'll get tears in your eyes, they're awfully, they're awfully well trained to do it. And some of the doctors too approach you as you go in there and they get sent for as well to persuade you. If they're not sure if you're going to live or die, and they'll try to persuade you to go, you know, take the, do the right thing, you know, save some cash. So anyway, yeah, if you go to hospital now with scientific socialism running the score and now that you have been dehumanized and accepted that you're not on a pedestal anymore as a superior, as a superior being, uh, then you'll give up more easily and getting back to each other. That's what I'm talking about too. You see, the, the government can, can then do what they want. There's nobody to stand up for it. There's no religion either. They can, you can just say, God gave me these rights and you should treat me like a human being. You know, now they'll just laugh at you if you say that. You're not a human being. You're a piece of protoplasm and you're going kaputsky. And, uh, and that they'll have their, what are you going to argue back with? Look at all these experts are giving you. Back in Brussels, we're training a whole generation. From, and this is about 19, late 40s. This is, we're training a whole generation now that they can't do a thing without the advice of an expert until eventually be a, a, the woman will be unable to change. He called a, 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 a nappy, which was a diaper. You know, uh, a woman would be, would be unable to even change them without having expert advice and showing how to do it. 
At one time, everybody just learned it in, in, within the families, you know. The expert advice. And that's what you've got now. It's all here, folks. You've been trained to obey experts. And you can't even say, well, I've got a religion, I've got rights, and you can't treat me like this. You see, when it's taken away from you, you go, what are you going to argue that what they give you as facts? Or we are the professionals here, we call, because they are the priesthoods, they can give you a whole bunch of fancy terminology. Huh? And rattle off the blood counts and, and so on. And you, you stand with your mouth open, well, 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 well. You see? See how easy it is when you listen to this stuff? As they become authorities to rule your life forever. For every day and every week of your life, for now to the end of your life. <laughs> That's how it's to be, eh? And you obey, obey, obey. And you can't go here and you can't go there unless you have up-to-date vaccines and so on. And you're supposed to obey this. I came down with a massive rheumatoid arthritis. After I had a whole bunch of boosters. Back in the 90s, that's what's happened to me. Woof. Hell of a fever is a whole lot. I, I, will, <laughs> I had my, my, every finger in my, in my hands just swelled right up and joints in my, everywhere. Just massive vaccine. And if you were to ask them about, oh, you, you, the, the companies, what did they tell them now? You know, when they have bad reactions to things. Well, you got the wrong kind of genes, you know. These pithy, nonsensical answers. Your genes were fine before you got them, got these vaccinations. And you could have lived a long, long life quite healthily if you hadn't got them. You see? So, but again, this massive mandate, and you got characters like Bill Gates, a eugenicist, who's all for Planned Parenthood and the whole thing, and yada, yada, yada. And bringing down the amount of population. You only trust this character and the groups that he's involved with. Do you really, do they really think we're that stupid? Honestly. Honestly, eh? And are they really, really going to try to ram this and make us all be like little farm animals here? Because if, if that's the case, you better just toss any idea of rights or freedoms or democracy out the darn window forever. And welcome to scientific socialism, the biggest con game that's ever been invented for dictatorship and rulership of tyranny over the public. Ever. Because you don't have anything now to fight back with. You're not a member of their club, you can't argue back with it. That's the so-called science, the latest theory, yeah? And a, and a, and a stack of latest theories, huh? <laughs> Most of which become obsolete in no time at all for a new theory, but that doesn't make any difference to this scientific priesthood. Who all are on board because they get well rewarded by the masters who run the world. The big foundations, etc. Well rewarded, like never before. And since they are atheistic, they have no problem with taking big, big sums of cash. Or, sorry, donations into their private, you know, enterprises and so on. For the good of all, you understand. So maybe you should start thinking about your rights 
and stop uh, laughing or poo-pooing this idea of some supreme being looking over everything. Because at least then, look, look at the groups who are following their, their own belief. Huh? The authorities aren't going to be forcing them. They're not, they're not, they're not. And it's been made, made quite clear to them in places like Britain and elsewhere. So you better perhaps start to um, put yourself down as a believer and start reading about your rights. Because they're contained in there, you know. The misery is being caused right now with mass unemployment designed to go into complete bankruptcy, which is what they want for most people. And the new system comes in. And you have a new commissar, I did the talks on this years ago, appointing to every street who'll give you visits to make sure that you're doing all the right things and you're being a good citizen, comrade, etc., etc., whatever term they want to use for it. And they're already there. The government of Britain has employed thousands of these, these little snoops. I'm sure every other country's done the same. Never mind the massive armies I've got all over the internet, which is nothing new, naturally. But I've mentioned it before, folk in, who lived in the, the communist countries and, and Bulgaria and places like that, they, they, they were Christians, a lot of them. And they knew, at least they knew who the local snoop was that belonged to, they got their paycheck from the politburos. And they would, they would have, have, have quiet secret meetings for their, for their religious ceremonies and folks' houses and things. That's, that's what they had to do in this atheistically run system of the old Soviet. Because it's true, you see. A regime where folk believe there's a higher authority than, than petty man who always has becomes tyrannical, <laughs> given, given the full force of authority, uh, then you, you, you've got to fight it back with something. And these folks, lit scientific tyranny, uh, again, Bertrand Russell said that it would be horrific for the general public, but he was all for it. Because it, it, it will not, it won't accept any dissent from you. You better comply or else it'll be utterly ruthless. Utterly ruthless. You can't get out your house and go and get food to eat without having an up-to-date record. What? Everybody starting to be making their choices and decisions right now. Because this is, this, this is something they're not going to give up on easily. I really mean it. They, they, they pretty well failed with their, their, their nonsense with the climate change thing. You have to give all your rights to be ruled by experts to, to, for the survival of the earth. And so they rammed this one through. It's the same agenda. And businesses can't open unless they're vetted first by, by, by the, the proper people for the environment to make sure it's green and environmentally friendly and sustainable, etc., etc., etc. All their websites are screaming this stuff out. This is their religion, you know, total tyranny. <laughs> yeah. I'll mention a few articles here just to give you some uh, something else to, to think about rather than just me talking here. This is from the journal. Talking about science. What matter even again? If you, if you, facts don't matter, you see, when you're dealing with the priesthoods because they, they, they can understand facts differently from you, you see. They've been trained to. This is from the Journal of Medical Microbiology. I mentioned this before, it was 2012. 
and it's um, false positive PCR results linked to administration of seasonal influenza vaccine. And it's got all, a whole bunch of people who took part in it. And um, false positive PCR results usually occur as a consequence of specimen to specimen or applicant to specimen contamination within the laboratory. Evidence of contamination at time of specimen collection linked to influenza vaccine administration in the same location as influenza sampling is described. It's awfully important what they said here because evidence of contamination at time of specimen collection. Generally, if you're in the hospital, that's where you're going to get it, folks. Linked to influenza vaccine administration. Remember, too, influenza is also coronavirus categories. In the same location as influenza sampling is described. So it gets contaminated off the bat, right off the, the very beginning. Clinical circumstantial laboratory evidence was gathered for each of five cases of influenza-like illness. Uh, and um, with unusual patterns of PCR reactivity for seasonal H1N1, H3N2, H1N1, as in 2009 time, and influenza B viruses. Again, had the same thing in, in 2009, you see that H1N1, oh, you died to H1N1. And bird flu, I stopped whistling right there. It says, two 2010 trivalent influenza vaccines and environmental swabs of hospital influenza vaccination room were also tested for influenza RNA. Sequencing of influenza A matrix, they go through the whole thing from the the gene applicants and so on. And it says, this is what they found though, from the swabs of of the area where, where all the vaccinations took place. Right? It says here that and had all kinds of vaccines too that they're using too. They showed greatest homology with M gene sequence of influenza A Puerto Rico. This is a type which they first found there too. Eight nineteen blah blah H one N one virus used in generation of influenza vaccine strains. Right. It says environmental swabs had detectable influenza A and B. RNA and RNA detection studies demonstrate vaccine RNA still detectable. This is in the rooms that they did it all. It happens the same thing in old folks' homes, by the way, when they give them all. And it also gives, you find the same thing too in the hospitals when they're treating the coronaviruses now using the similar techniques with swabs and so on. It says environmental swabs had detectable influenza A, you know, uh, and also with injections. B, RNA, RNA detection studies demonstrate the vaccine RNA is still detectable. This is in the, this is in the surfaces and the walls and so on. Still detectable for at least 66 days, right? This is astonishing, really. This is environmental swabs, right? A detectable influence A and B, RNA and RNA detection studies demonstrate vaccine RNA still detectable for at least 66 days. Administration of influenza vaccines and clinical sampling in the same room resulted in the contamination with vaccine strains of surveillance swabs collected from patients with ILI. Vaccine contamination should therefore be considered, particularly for multiple influenza virus RNA PCR positive signals, such as H1N1, H3N2 and influenza B are detected in the same specimen. It's quite just astonishing, folks, that uh, <laughs> when that big one was going on in 2009-10 and another, another flurry a couple of years later, but 
when it was going on, and they wanted everybody to get, get uh, vaccinated and so on. Uh, it, it was, uh, I know some of the hospitals in New York, uh, they, they were offering uh, the influenza vaccine and giving them the vaccine as they went into the, to the cafeteria eating their food. Uh, you know, I, I remember going into town when they had a, uh, back then that, that a mall, they still had two or three stores left open in it because they're all collapsing with the economy, being going off to different countries. And folk ordering online, and uh, there's not two or three stores in it. I remember the one, that, one of the empty stores they were using to give uh, people um, a vaccine, but it was a spray type, oral type. Well, this is in the winter time, and and the, the, you know the central heating is getting blasted all, all over the place, and you could smell the stuff. <laughs> I could smell what they were doing coming out of this open door to the to the actual main part of the mall. Eh? Uh, you know, you know, so, so much for your permission, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, it, it's just astonishing to me what happens in real life. Uh, it really is. You don't have to go into fiction. You just need to look at what we're living in. This is the biggest fiction of all. It's called dem- uh, democracy. And they say, yeah, you have rights. You know, we'll, we'll listen to you. That's the only right you have. They might listen to you. They're getting even intolerant for listening to you now, aren't they? They don't want to waste their time there. Also, I want to put a link up. It's quite a good... Art. It's, it's a good documentary. It gives you an idea of many. There's many out there actually, but this is one that's been underrated to an extent. It was during World War II, uh, and the Japanese had uh, a big experimental thing for bio warfare. There it was called Kizu, the untold story of Unit Seven Three One. I've got stacks of ones for other countries too. You wouldn't believe in the ones that you're stopping on in, in, in the U.S. But. Uh, in the U.S. too, they were doing all the the, uh, the the syphilis tests and so on, and telling people they were giving them treatments to cure syphilis. But actually, gave them the syphilis, then studied them and things like that. And they used radiation on people they called mental retarded at the time. That's what they called them, uh, youngsters, young children, and studied them too. This, this is this is the U.S. one. But back to Kizu, they have a good documentary on it, and have the old guards and so on, doctors that, that were alive back in the 70s and 80s, um, talking about it, what happened there, and how they would they would inject plague into people and, and study them. Well, that's the same. You see, these scientists that, that come out, uh, you wouldn't believe what they're into. But that, their whole life is a horror show. To most people, it's a horror show. I read the book years ago on the air, too. Good parts of it. It's a book called Acres of Skin. Uh, it's a good book on how the prisoners in the U.S. and different people were, were used as, for experiments. Well documented. And, and yeah, they even tried giving them cancers in, in the prisons in the U.S., injecting them there to see if certain things would take. I wonder why they'd want to find out if they could do certain things to give you cancers. But uh, this is what goes on all the time uh, in our great free societies where, where everything's open, supposedly, and except uh, anything to do with the truth. Uh, that's, 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 that seems to be the exception, which is most things. So this is astonishing what goes on all the time, and you have no idea. So the Kizu untold story of Unit 731 is at least an admission by people who took part in it as to what they actually did and what they were looking to do and so on. But it didn't end there, because if you really go in and dig into that, they had scientists. There were some scientists that got into Japan who worked with the Japanese from Europe. 
uh, and that too. They tried to keep all that out of it too, but there were some people doing Mengele stuff there, and, uh, and they weren't German. Uh, scientists like that, you, you'd be surprised how many people are quite open about what they, what they, what they do. As I say, the ones who work in the biowarfare industry especially, uh, are psychopathic tendencies, no doubt about it. They're well paid, so they'll, they'll please the masters. And they're given license to do different things they would normally do and get away with things too, even in, in their own lives. So it suits them fine. They're paid awfully well. And, uh, the, the, and they have a genuine curiosity of, uh, studying people or animals as they die. But what? So that's it. Now what? Look at that. So interesting. Did you see that there? Hmm. And that's how they do it, you see. That's the world we live in. And these folk have no belief in any super supreme being that would grant rights to the peasants that they experiment on. Uh, they'd laugh at that, but it's up to them to get and they stop laughing, perhaps. And you, you, you don't have to be a, a screaming loud Christian, for instance, uh, in this, this strange American way uh, of being. You can be a quiet one, but, but loud enough when it comes to your own rights, etc., and that should be enough to, to shut up uh, the scientific priests that want to take over an ordinary life, you see, in a very nasty fashion. Scientific experimentation is horrible. It really is horrible. And we're being experimented on all the time, you know. Canada, we were on, we were eating all their modified, genetically modified, and with new pesticide and herbicide poisons on them, food for years, for ten years. They used Canada as a testing base without telling the public, and only broke out when when Tony Blair was going to put the same thing in uh, to Britain, and there was pressure groups there that had been following it and says no way. And, and it broke out then. Well, Canada's doing it. And we didn't know that, you see. So suddenly they, they, they Canada had to go into action immediately. Oh, we, well, yeah, well, we, yeah. And it, we made a secret deal, they said, with, uh, with the, with the companies at Monsanto. A secret deal. This is from, I think it was Cretien, it was in the Times Prime Minister. They made a secret deal. Isn't that wonderful? Don't tell, don't tell. And they think they're democratic. And that they go, right. Here they are feeding you stuff. They already had caused cancers uh, in lab animals. Cancers of the stomach and the colon. But let's feed it to Canadians. This happened, folks. I did the stories at the time. And then afterwards I came out too as more and more information came out. It's just, yeah. And I even did the story, but I kept sticking it. So I said, what on earth is this? The big fuss about a central computer going to get put in Ottawa, for the government, as you say. They would collect all the data on every Canadian. Well, at the time, they didn't, we didn't know we're on this, this poison stuff and all that. And I thought, well, I thought well, it's, it's got to be for connecting, not just financial stuff. It's got to have your health in it and probably collecting some kind of data. And I was spot on before it broke out. We're getting, we're, we were the guinea pigs for it all. And they would keep tabs through all the different national health service that they, they've got here. Uh, you know, it's really one system under different corporations. But it's one system. And then we get all the data fed right into them in Ottawa use. That's what it was for. We were the lab rats, all right. 
And I noticed at this time, I, I hadn't put it all together until I got the mission, but I, I knew something was stunk because it's suddenly all the, the, all the, what happened with, with a lot of people, <laughs> I wouldn't go into all the different types of certain kinds of uh, chemical in, uh, injuries people would get, they would get developed, they would develop allergies like never before. This is with the 60s especially onwards, it got worse and worse. The 50s had it too, when kids would get asthma suddenly with um, certain things like that. But uh, I noticed, uh, he said, that's what hit you in Canada when you came over from Britain. You said, my God, look at all these aisles in the pharmacies uh, of antihistamines and so on. And there's a reason for it naturally. But here, they, they, they then noticed they started putting all this stuff up for stomach out. And it used to be things which were proton pump inhibitors. They used to be prescription only. Suddenly they were over the counter thing just on the shelves. And I thought, what's going on here? So, uh, something's, because it's quite dangerous to use them for a long time. And, but suddenly they're, they're over the, oh yeah, it's just, oh yeah. I told it's quite normal for 42. It was to do with the food, obviously. Basic Sherlock Holmes, right? Basic, eh? Let's see now, before we're starting to get upset stomachs and increased acidity. When you get increased acidity and you didn't have it before and it's not an ulcer, at least it's not starting off as an ulcer, then something's causing it to flush. It flushes with acid, more, more acid than normal. Anything the body doesn't like, it'll flush. Something in your nose, it'll flush. In your sight, it'll flush. In your eyes, it'll flush. That's how it does it. Same with your, with your intestines and your stomach. And so, here you have this, this strange, you know, this strange little, um, Problem with your stomach, and oh, these pills help it because they stop the acid production or, or, or really lower it massively, which causes other problems naturally. But yeah, something you may be eating, eh? Could it be that? I wonder, eh? Etc. So the, yeah, the, the, the Canadian government would write into you, oh well, yeah, it was a, you know, they had these stupid same things you're seeing now with the dancing nurses. They brought it. Oh, here's a the CBC. And here's someone, and people make a fuss about this new kind of food. It's, it looks the same kind of stuff. And you see a woman standing at a little stall that they set up in the countryside somewhere. And so she's selling veggies to the passers-by. You know, it's all rigged. And do you notice anything different with, um, with a name like Linda or something? Oh, no, this carrot here looks the same as the other carrots to me. And then it doesn't taste much the same. It's fine. Ha, ha, ha. And that, that, that was our, our whole thing that they gave us for it. That was, it's fine now. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. So, yeah, you're living in a fool's paradise. Uh, only it's not a paradise anymore, even for a fool. And we don't have enough imagination to, to keep the forest going. So... We're living through incredible changes, planned changes, and they've got a long ways to go. They can do it very quickly, by the way, if, if you keep you in a panic and you're all obedient to them. Uh, and because obviously you're not meant to, it's a reset, total reset on the financial system. Out of this will come either a new currency, maybe in a global currency, which they've wanted for years. And, and they've floated the idea before in trial balloons to see how you react to it. And a digitalized currency to be sure again I've done the articles too for years from the, the World Bank. He said, try to get on the public, all, all these animals using it, using a digital system. And we track, trace them and the whole thing and see what they're eating, blah, 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 buying, yada, yada, yada. We're animals to them. You, you understand? We are the source of all wealth for all those above you. That's one place Marx was right. All wealth comes from the people at the bottom, the masses of the people. You're a herd that the rest of them feed off. Ask any politician, they know. 
This is the truth. This is the reality of it. Wake up, folks. Yeah? Wake up. And look at the money they give themselves as they represent you as politicians and civil servants. And look at the money they got. Huh? And their early retirement schemes and big, big, fat pensions. And total health coverage forever, etc., etc. Just astonishing. Sermons? Sermons, eh? Ah, there's Orwellian doublespeak, eh? Ah, well, we're here to serve the people. But yeah, we really are a big herd that are being used by them. And right now, uh, look look at the people who become multi-billionaires in the last tw- 10, 20 years, all of us, in the, in the IT industry alone. Huh? And, 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 and even the IT surveillance society alone. All getting rich of us, from us. And they use our money to fund their projects with public-private partnerships. Isn't that wonderful? You pay to set it up, you pay to maintain it, and they take the profits. And you think this is normal. Where did you get that from? <sighs> Quite amazing, isn't it? Eh? Reality. Mm-mm-mm. A long time ago, I also did the talks on the, uh, on the reporters who went to Porton Downs in, in England. Porton Downs, they had the... They had the uh, big bio-warfare uh, experimental, experimental labs there, but lots of other labs too. In fact, Victor Rothschild used to work at it during World War II. And according to the the fifth man, uh, the, the expose on, on him, he he sent he sent the the details from the radar, uh, different radar equipment, so portable stuff over to the Soviets during World War II. Quite amazing it was. Good story. However. Important down isn't just biowarfare, it's all kinds of technologies and weaponry and so on. But uh, the scientists there allowed at least one time a, a, a reporter in who sat and had breakfast with them and, and, and followed them into and, and the lesser labs, the less secretive labs he was allowed into. But they, they talked about biowarfare and ethnic specific diseases they'd created, very proud of it. Uh, over breakfast, you know, and in between talking about doing their gardens as they were, before they, they left uh, their wives and children, because they love their wives and children, they've got a good life and they get paid awfully well, you know, and they're looked after awfully well by the state, to find ways to kill folk, you know, to, on mass, that is. They talked about quite, yeah, they had, they had viruses they could release uh, that would target specific genes, their gene types, you see. Maybe that's what they meant when they said about certain vaccines not taking or having bad reactions, yet the wrong genes. Maybe it's all coming from the same labs. <laughs> Who knows? Eh? But anyway, uh, there's an old idea, uh, that I think specific ones. Israel did it too, all the different countries. The US did it. Um, I think it was uh, Kelly who was killed in Britain. Who, uh, well, anyway, he, was, <laughs> he said he committed suicide before he, uh, he went, went as a witness to the big trial. And he was, he worked for, um, biowarfare testing for the, for the Britain, the British establishment. But he, he also had been, had worked, uh, creating ethnic specific viruses with another country he was ordered to do by the British government at the time. So there's all kinds of folk involved in, in, uh, in killing us, you see. And getting paid awfully well to do it. But going way back, and I, I did talks on this years ago on all the different testing they did in Britain, especially with, with uh, uh, the Navy, for instance, releasing uh, 
airborne gases and diseases across parts of Britain from ships and it would float across in the wind in the right direction into parts of Norfolk, for instance, as an example. But they also had uh, an awfully good documentary put out by a, it was put out and fostered really because an American airman over there in one of the bases had watched these experiments done on the British public by their own governments and their own uh, military. And they used vans to go around the country, around the villages and so on, but they given this gas out at the top. There's this like a radioactive gas. And they put out these boxes in different places that would then record how much was contained and spread in, the, in different areas. It just happened for years on end. They had specially modified vans to do this. Just in case, of course, the Russians ever, this is the same thing with, 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 uh, gain of function in these, these biolabs, isn't it? Same, same excuse to give. Well, we, we had to sort of test it in the public in Britain, just in case the, the Russians ever did it. Huh? And then with the gain of function, well, we set up these labs to, to get fairly harmless diseases, make them really volatile, nasty, and, and lethal, uh, in case, in, in case it ever did it by itself in nature, somehow. It's the same thing, same excuse, by psychopaths, well-paid psychopaths, mind you. This a little article here, World War II secret mustard gas testing, it says. Experiments tested troops by race, ethnic race, or group. Well, the Pentagon acknowledged years ago that it used American servicemen World War II mustard gas experiments. NPR found new details about tests that grouped subjects by the color of their skin as well. So, yeah, they, they do all these ethnic studies, and it's all they find the best ways to kill each group. Eh? They did in Canada, too. Uh, and had, I can remember that they at least had some documentaries. They always put documentaries after most of them die or died off. In Canada, and these guys uh, worked uh, in the military. They were, they were servicemen, and they were sprayed from above in different pla- different methods of spraying them and giving poisons to them. And they were told it was for the good of the country and to be safeguarded. There was nothing going to harm them. They, came, they all came down with cancers, and they talked to some of the last couple of survivors back in the maybe the early nineties. Uh, and the rest of them all died off, of course. This is how you're used by your own countries. Huh? <sighs> and you vote for these governments over and over and over. Mm-mm-mm. Repetition is the definition of insanity. Yeah, it's when it's killing you. And so anyway, you have... Um, it gives you a young U.S. Army soldier during World War II. Rollins Edwards knew better than to refuse an assignment. The officers led him to a dozen other and a dozen others into a wooden gas chamber and locked the door. He didn't complain. None of them did. Then a mixture of mustard gas and a similar agent called Lewisite was piped inside. So someone got a patent on it, I guess. I felt like you were on fire, recalls Edwards, now 93 years old, while he lived, okay. Guys started screaming and hollering and trying to break out, and then some of the guys fainted, and eventually they opened the door and let us out, and the guys were just uh, in a bad shape, says. And they did an investigation into this, and the second story in this report examines failures by the Department of Veterans Affairs to provide benefits to those injured by military mustard gas experiments. So they've, they've done all kinds of experiments on the military. In every country, though, they do that. 
He was one of 60,000 enlisted men enrolled in a once-secret government program, formerly declassified in 1993. See, most of them may be dead by then, you see. To test mustard gas and other chemical agents on American troops. But there's a specific reason he was chosen as well. He's African-American. They did it with all ethnic groups, though. It's just astonishing, you know. They do the same thing with these different, again, gain of functions as well. As I've said before, the, the porting down experiments that they, they did there and the, the exposés done by journalists uh, about uh, who had visits there. That's the same kind of thing. Uh, the, the incredible testing on British servicemen and the British populations uh, unknowingly by the population you're, you're not you're not you're not asked to give any consent you understand and so your authorities your authorities I'll say that again your authorities look upon you as peasants and animal peasants no different than the experimental lab rats who don't know any better either you know neither, they're not given any any choice themselves you see neither are you when they do it like that so so yeah, I, I, I have no problem looking at, at what happens with COVID or anything else that comes out and the big agenda behind it because when, when, it, when it doesn't tally up to massive millions of folk dying uh, per week here, uh, it doesn't tally to what the, the big fear they put out initially is. But that whole agenda, regardless, is still getting rammed along as though it had been millions and millions and millions, you see. I'm getting back to Mr. Hancock, MP for Health for Britain, and I'll put what he said once again, I'll say it once again, because folk really uh, don't have much long, very long memories today. And he did say that. He, I'll put it up for you in YouTube. He says, you know, people, about 10,000 elderly die every every month here, and he's talking about England, really. And uh, that's for that population size, you know. Every company gets huge deaths every year. But when they get a flu, you've gone through it too. It really, really boosts it right up. And uh, and that never closes the countries down either. And when you see a unified agenda getting rammed through every country on the planet, uh, and the heads are all talking just like the same from the same script, exact same script verbatim, then it's it's orchestrated, it's managed, and it's a must-be agenda. You see, obviously, it's not to to put down the folk that are dying. <laughs> At all. But I've been looking at cases and cases. They had one the other day in a newspaper in the States and at New York. And it was a hospital where two, a man, I was outside with a woman. And you see that again, all the staff applauding this woman because she was taking off the ventilator. And she didn't know that her husband, who's about 10 years older, I think, was in the same hospital in a ventilator. And he eventually got off it too. But they both, uh, she was about 55, maybe he was 65 or a bit older. And they both had, uh, were overweight, uh, multiple problems, diabetics and multiple problems uh, she had. High blood pressure, I think both of them had blood pressure, high blood pressure. All this kind of stuff against them. And yet, uh, they, they pulled through. I've got reports here, folk in their 90s pulling through from this thing. So the, the death rate really is, is really low. So you, as long as they get the treatments that are available, obviously, uh, some countries are just letting elderly die. And I've read articles from Canada. They're only going to give any kind of treatments to the people that they, they deem are worthy of pulling through, basically. 
so more chance of doing it. So they'll, they'll treat them, and, and if it gets really bad, they said they'll treat them, and uh, they'd, they'd have to let their rest of the folk. That was Canada. That's Canada for you. But New York, at least, they're, they're still giving treatments to people that are available, at least, you know, maybe antivirals and different things as well. And, of course, treatments for their blood pressure, obviously, and, and so on. But, uh, yeah, the, it's, it's, even at British Columbia, the, the, there, were, there was a couple of women there. There's a lot of old-age homes from in, in British Columbia, retirees from different groups, and, and even Chinese groups there, you know. And it was, it was traced, a lot of them came in from their relatives, right from Wuhan, to visit the home, some of them. I've put the article up two or three weeks ago there. And you can really trace, you can see it, uh, it was brought into the country. Uh, but they even were pulling people through there in their 90s. So it's not all gone if they want to do their best to, to help you. But again, uh, a lot of folk that are in hospices who are dying, who are dying, uh, they're putting them down as COVID. If they think, it, even presume they have COVID on top of something, you see, they're putting down that as the cause of death. That's what Dr. Burks said. I put that one up too tonight for those who want to go through it. So, uh, yeah, they're padding their figures as much as they can. And, and you, you, lots of folk have got, have, have had this and got over it and they're getting put down really. Uh, 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 the folk who are dying with it, even though their, their main cause of death, it could be kidney failure by something else that they've got, a pre-existing renal problem and high blood pressure. And they're terminally ill with cancers. And, so, and again, so many of them are so weakened with, with uh, chemo. Because it does that, it'll kill off your, 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 your a lot of your, your white blood cells that attack uh, all kinds of diseases. It kills a lot of them off, and so you're very vulnerable to just you know get hit with this thing. You have no immune system left to fight it. All kinds of reasons why folk are dying, but a lot of people are really uh, dying in hospital. That's what they go into hospice for. It's a terrible place you get put into. You know? They they starve the people anyway. To <laughs> that's what I've done shows before, years ago, where they literally are told to withhold food and water, etc., to speed up their exits. This is what has come down to dollars and cents. Has become less and less uh, special as humans. You see, and we start to believe them. Well, I guess I'm just another animal. You know, boy, it's a nature pro. Yeah, I'm just another animal. Yeah, okay. Once you do that, you're done for. You, you have nothing to fight back with. You have no defense and say, you can't touch me. I'm, 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 I am something special. I've got a conscious mind. Or as I said in the movie Network, I'm a human, God damn it, he says. You know, I'm a human being, God damn it, he says. He says, I'm getting really angry. Open your windows and all shout at the same time. He says, I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> Perhaps we shouldn't, eh? because that's so true. I look at the faces of some of these supposed experts. They're frightening, actually. The ones who are demanding. And some of them are like school mistresses that are in a bad mood or something's happened at home. It's not too, too, too happy. They're the ones that would beat up some of the students. And you look at them with utter intolerance if folks speak out that they're not wanting to go along with what's all being not proposed but ordered here. That's the scary part of it. That's the scary part of it. You're seeing authoritarianism like never before get pushed into Western countries.
all the stuff that folk fought against and against the communism and the Sovietization of their nations has been rammed along here with intolerant people with the same kind of uh, nerve that oh, we, we're the authorities. Do your told. And when that's the case, and you don't have a choice in anything, then you'll be punished for it too. You won't get treatments for certain other things that you could do because they'll, they'll, they'll use this like a big, big stick. You see, you better take this if you want this. You know, and no, that, that's authoritarian. That's not a free democ- democracy. That's not how the West w- w- evolved. We fought for centuries to get away from, to be ruled over by our betters, you see. And scientific, like Bertrand Russell says, scientific socialism and scientific tyranny will be the worst kind of tyranny you've ever seen. He meant it. Again to the articles now. One article here. It's called, We All Live in Disneyland, Orlando. You see? I mentioned Disneyland so many times before, and how we're brought to be in Disneyland, a fake reality, you see. And don't be put off by the name posted by Helena Handbasket, because uh, it's a good article, and I know who did it. So it says, on Friday the 17th April, it says, my wife and I took a 90-minute drive to attend an open Florida rally outside the mayor's office in Orlando. All in all, the turnout was about 200 people and peaceful throughout with the police taking very much a backseat view of the whole thing, although there was a drone present for a while observing this peaceful assembly. In fairness to the police, they had stated the previous day that they respected the right to to assemble under this constitution, which is unusual these days. There were many driving by honking their horns in support of the rally, but it would have been far more useful if they'd parked up and joined us. I'd expect a much larger turnout in a city such as Orlando, where the main tourism industry of Disneyland, etc., is located and is, of course, at a complete standstill with all workers furloughed or temporarily unemployed. Disappointed as I was in the turnout, I can remember doing an article some years back when they were wanting to put tattoos if you came through the turnstiles to make sure that you had paid, you know. Again, little by little, you get repetition, you get used to the idea. Disappointed as I was in the turnout, I was very disappointed to see many politicize the rally, uh, waving uh, pro-Trump flags. I didn't see a Democrat candidate flag being waved. It's nothing to do with politics and only gives ammunition to the mainstream to label everyone a right-wing extremist. And that's no joking, for that's the technique of psych warfare, you see. Uh, and it's on the go all the time, psychological warfare. They set up fake enemies and the whole bit, and they try to split people from uh, who could all be together protesting the same natural things to protest. And so they, tr- they try to pretend that, oh, it's the only right-wingers that are protesting. Everybody else in the left wing, we like being ordered about, we like being locked down, we like having professionals tell us what to do, and when to shop, and what to buy, and what not to buy, and go through our, our, our baskets and see if you've bought any non-essentials, etc. We like that, you see. This is how they try to portray it, to split up and divide, where you're all going to suffer. I don't care what pretended party you pretend to believe in, because they're all bogus anyway. They really are. This is not a political problem. It's a global plan to take down the whole of society across the world in a full-blown attempt by powers we'll never see to control mankind. This is a business model that has been worked on for many years, finally coming into view. And he goes on, going through all the stuff we've talked about before. And talks about the media, of course, because he actually mentioned that uh, he talked to one of the newspapers and asked him if he was going to 
mentioned if the, if the newspapers or the cameraman actually was the TV as well, because they all do TV as well or little clips for their, for their sites for newspapers, is you ask the camera to take a look at some numbers regarding uh, the comparisons of COVID-19 deaths and other causes of deaths between January the 1st and April the 1st, which is of course what they should all be doing if they were really doing their job in investigative reporting. But he says, but which of course he refused to do, to which I retorted, covered. <laughs> so he was told off. He says, well, judge for yourself. It goes on and on and on. It's true, the mainstream media, unfortunately, is all part. This thing it was to get World War II whipped up and prepared for the people, or prepare the people using the media <laughs> before the war started to make sure they're all on board with it by terrifying them and having meetings with the media barons all together because they're all members of the same ruling club. Nothing's changed, eh? And but the, the ones on the left pretend that they're... That, come on, come on. Uh, 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 uh. But this article is, is worthwhile reading. You should look into it. And one of many I'll put up tonight. If you have the time, you have, you've got plenty. You know, sitting at home now, you know. And believe it or not, I mean, I put, I put up stuff you can read as well. I know it's out of fashion reading. And, and they admit themselves, they're quite happy with it in all their studies, that most folks' attention spans, if there's not something moving in front of their face, even a little puppet, you know, they, they, they don't want to even listen to something, unfortunately. But if you're listening to something, you'll find your mind takes over, and your imagination takes and you'll feel, picture, your, your, your memory will improve. If you're just staring at a screen all the time, you're hypnotized, you, you won't remember most of it. That's a fact. You know. Remember years ago I said, to my, I'm not coming out for everybody, I'm coming out for the ones that, that, that literally are desperate and, and they really want to know what's going on. But they have to have the abilities and be willing to sacrifice pleasure all the time. Uh, to, 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 and then you start to enjoy just listening to, to the radio version. You will. But your mind definitely will improve. Your memory will, will, will remember what you're hearing much, much better. But most folk are trained from birth. But they, why do you think they stick children from the TV sets, the, the babysitter, and watch all these little silly TV thing, baby things, all programming them into the environment, sustainability, and, and little naughty here, you might, you might die if, if the grass dies, and you know, it's all man's, it's bad man, bad man causes this. Ay, ay, ay. So I'll put this article up. And another one too, how will America end? A bang, a whimper, or something else? And this Brandon Turbeville and Freedom and Turney has a good article too. He goes into what a lot of people are questioning is they're, again, they're conditioning, including the conditioning to even, you know, stand up for changes. Maybe even start to catch on. They've been used here occasionally too in different things. And, but I tell you, there's hope for people all the, everywhere who actually start to see the bigger picture. It can take you years to see the bigger picture. And when it does hit you, 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 you might crash. It's like a death, you know, when you, uh, when you realize that things are not the, uh, something's gone, something's gone. What's gone is uh, the, the fact that you're not so naive anymore. And what's gone is the belief that you've always done the right, you've done the, maybe the right things for yourself, but you thought were right, but you've, you've maybe been used, you see. Lots of who are having that, for lots of articles from people. But this article here is basically about coming through a lot of this stuff too. Hope is a wonderful thing. Even the darkest of times, hope gives us strength to keep working towards a goal in the face of impossibility or to keep fighting for life, even though all evidence points to the contrary. Hope is what we can lead to miracles, to beauty, and to revolutions. 
But hope can be a treacherous thing as well. Again, blind those standing on train tracks to believe that the train heading towards them will stop in time, or to believe, despite hearing the whistle as, as clear as day, that the light at the end of the tunnel is not a train at all. It can fool people living in unbearable circumstances who are listening to their own governments denounce them as criminals and parasites worthy of eradication to believe in things that are going to get better. Things will get better in their mind because they have to. That's what they say. You see. I should add to this too that that the authorities that I've mentioned just a little while ago there that are getting nastier and nastier for this scientific tyranny who have already all colluded together and, and pledged in their honour in the gang that they're in, and I mean an oath, huh? like weapons of mass destruction. They all push at the same time, and and regardless of what you do, it's like a, having a war. They've got a war on you. It's a war on you. That's what it is. And you're an enemy if you say no to whatever, you know. And you want to suddenly do what you're told and obey from these characters. Then uh, they're using the same terminology, uh, almost like the Holocaust denial. You know, oh, you're 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 you're, you're an anti this or an anti that or. Uh, or you're denying that this will help you, whatever they're, they're, whatever they're going to present to you from Bill Gates and the, or the other vaccination companies are all one big corp, really cartel. Uh, if you've got any any points of view about it, you're, you're a denier. You see, they're using the same terminology to make you to, to stigmatize you. This this is an evil evil technique that's used to stigmatize people. It's the same thing they use with oh, you you're a climate change denier, you know. Or a global warming denier immediately is meant to shut you up. This is the techniques that the, 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 the communists talked about years ago in American books that they put out. Because most of them are based in New York, actually. Most of the ones I have here, all their old manuals, were all printed in New York <laughs> for the Communist Party and the Soviet system too. But yeah, it, it's uh, it's quite amazing to, to how they're using the same techniques to stigmatize people who've woken up and, uh, and say, wait a minute here, uh, you know, who, who gave you the right to dictate my life? Huh? Or even whether you would get treatment or not if you go against some other part of something. Huh? This is tyranny, folks, when that happens. We're supposed to have choices in this country, and these systems are out there. We're all paying our money into, especially in Canada, it's taking off your, whatever you earn, it's taking off you for, for, for healthcare and so on. It all comes out your, your, your taxes. Uh, it's supposed to serve you. Not dictate to you, but serve you. And this, this change, they've been getting fed for a while now, that they're, they're now in charge, you see, they're now in charge of you, before this came along even. Now that's not serving you, that's dictating to you. And that's tyranny, folks. You don't dictate to folk in a free society. You are supposed to be a part of a service that the, the people who, who you might not agree with are paying for. They pay you to serve them, not dictate to them, even if it goes against the particular religion of science that you're into. It keeps changing its theory after theory after theory and, and so on and so on. What's the theory of today? I, I watched a, a little clip of a guy from Korea. People were into it. Again, he's he's from the, U, the WHO and two, and he led the team there. And he um, again works in collusion with the WHO. No Doctor Who, and uh, he, part of the same stuff. But he, he was right on what, what they're, they're taught. What they're taught at that level, 
and, and he wouldn't deviate from any of it. There was no treatment except what they were going to give you uh, eventually, you know, through, from the companies that are going to develop their own different stuff for you. There's no treatment, he says, you know, well, except that. He, so he's on board with the whole darn thing too, N- nothing else. But he did say one thing is true. He says, we wouldn't, we wouldn't know that the facts about this thing at all. Because uh, now you've got an avalanche of, of, of thousands of people churning out, like basically, their, their own ver- their own thesis on on this or that or the other to do with this this disease. Uh, and he says most of the stuff will go down the, the tubes because most of them do, you know. Well, I, I did articles on where they admitted themselves that all the stuff you read in the newspapers about the, all the latest uh, latest study on this or whatever in medicine is, is blah, blah, blah. Then they find out a month or two later somebody else tries to test it and it's, you know, it doesn't work, it doesn't pan out the same way under testing and duplication, etc. So most of them go out the, out the window, but they all they praise it like crazy initially. It's just astonishing. So anyway, this article here is a good article. And he's, this, this author is hoping that his country will realize the error of its ways and attempt to return to some sense of sanity and normalcy. And uh, he hopes that the American people realize it's deliberately crashing the economy, shredding the Bill of Rights. <laughs> and he's right on. And placing the majority of the population on house arrest was not only a bad idea, but an act of treason on the part of government officials and a terrifying lesson in why government by emotion, outrage, mob and fear always leads to the same thing the imposition of tyranny, the erosion and elimination of civil liberties and the empowering of would-be tyrants to no longer would-be but be so they are the the become the open tyrants so that's, it goes on and on and on I'll put that up tonight too and this article is from Zero Hedge this one here St. Louis President uh, James Bullard drastically reduced his chances to be the next federal, uh, Fed chairman, whereas the first to predict correctly that, that uh, Q2 unemployment may soar to 30% with GDP plunging 50%, an economic collapse that would make the Great Depression seem like a walk in the park. It's meant to, folks. You're not going to go back. All the same, this this massive army of tyrants. You know, it isn't just medical tyrants and scientific tyrants and 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 you know secretive lab tyrants and all the rest of it working in collusion with. Uh, uh, well, that's what fascism really is when they're all working, private corporations working with government over the public. Regardless, uh, they don't plan on going back to any kind of. This is the whole agenda now for sustainability, and it'll bring a lot of deaths too. From other reasons, folk can't get any hospitals to get normal things done, uh, or they're going to say they can't afford to get it done now, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and starvation will come along the pike, absolutely. This is, this is what you get when the Soviets took over, they starved the people to death, they killed off all the, the little tiny little farmers all over the place, they went, they, and the, the breadbasket of the Ukraine, they killed over, what, six to eight million of the people who lived, and the stacks of footage on the photographs, and it's just horrible what happened. They always do this, they did the same thing in, in communist China, when they, when they took over there to starve the people, killed the farmers, yada yada yada. Mm-mm-mm. That's what they do, folks, when they come in. And, and believe me, hunger is a great, great persuader to accept anything, including your little crust of bread. You'll be made to feel grateful for it. It almost makes me think to the other movie, awfully well done, by the way. Land of the Blind, it was called. Donald Sutherland was in it. And it's about a, a, a younger guy who was initially working for the military who helps to overthrow 
the government, the tyrannical dictatorship or king or monarchy, whatever it was, and uh, install Donald Sutherland, who'd been in prison for years as a, as a revolutionary. And then it turns out that once Sutherland's in, he becomes a tyrant himself uh, with delusions of grandeur and wants instant obedience and so on. And the guy who had helped him to get in eventually turns out he speaks out against him and was put in terrible prison conditions and sort of confinement and all different kinds of punishments and torture. And uh, and part of the, the thing you're taught to say um, is when you're asked about what you like to eat and you, you have to repeat, uh, or what's better than a, a, a nice juicy steak? You say, uh, it's a, a nice moldy crust of bread. That's what you have to reply or you're beaten almost senseless. And I, I keep thinking of that when I see these ridiculous things put out there by Bill Gates and others about eating different kind of uh, substitutes for meat and so on. It's just, it's, it's just too close. So much of this is too close to, to what's happening today. How do we see it happening? And how you're supposed to be content with it? Like George Orwell said, his job during World War II was propaganda. He, he ran the Foreign Affairs Department for, for India as a broadcast to India that was fighting the Japanese on his borders and outside his borders. And, uh, but he also did the, the, the cooking hour where he had to convince people, he said, to, 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 had to eat stuff that was really, uh, undigestible and not fit for human consumption because of the war. He had to try to convince them it was actually better for them and healthier. And they put these articles, oh, the, the people have never been so healthy in their lives. It's just astonishing. It's astonishing. You know, the, however, nothing changes the lies and deceit towards the general public uh, for manipulation and, and uh, it's disgusting it really is anyway I'll get on with this here so it's worthwhile seeing that movie actually it was quite well done anyway this this bullard warns of depression uh, 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 financial depression is possible and he says Americans should wear a badge with COVID test results they're all on board with the same agenda as you know and this is again the tyranny that you, you must do what you're told and obey and whatever they want to pump into you, whatever, yada, 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 is the only way you're going to get out from and get any kind of freedom at all. And it won't be freedom really, it'll be, it'll be highly monitored, uh, uh, highly monitored society. So, this article is quite good actually. But it's not about how it's going to affect it, uh, create a depression as a possible outcome. Financial, echoing other economists turned epidemiologists at the Fed, and it's true they all suddenly become specialists on this on board with the same agenda as, as other specialists in, in uh, epidemiology. And Bullard suggested that the federal government could produce major incentives to create COVID tests to produce enough tests for the entire nation, so people would feel safe to restart their normal lives. It won't be normal. I've already told you that. Your, your, your finance, your dollar or the pound or whatever currency you're using will be worth maybe a quarter of it was if the, the longer this goes on. And purchasing power. You know, his idea would be to create a gold rush in production of tests. They're a gold rush, really. So, so the, again, the same characters that you'll be pallied with are all going to cash, they're all cashing in and sponge off you uh, as they put you in prison. Eh? More, build more shackles. We all always pay for more shackles to imprison us with, eh? Putting the cost of testing in context, it said this costing us $25 billion a day to have the shutdown policy, so tests would be easily affordable. 
What do you mean costing them? It's, it's costing the public 25 billion. They're paying for all. Why the focus on testing? Because we want to satiate the economy with this kind of tests. He said, why? Simple, as he explained to Americans would then be forced to display a badge on their clothing with the result of the test. I, uh, I, I, I can't let this just one just, just go like that. I really can't. Now, as I mentioned last week, doesn't that ring bells of familiarity here? Because if they get their way, you'll all have to apologize to Adolf Hitler who said he had people tattooed. That's what the Nazi party supposedly did in the camps, in these massive camps they set up. And all they started initially with, with, with the Soviet prisoners. They were used for lots of experiments. And then they, they, they branched off to other, other types of, of groups as well. The Jews and the Gypsies and, and the, they had even religious people who wouldn't consent to to the Nazi ideology put in there too even, even I think 70 Adventists even went in there and other types as well but they would tattoo them doesn't this ring, ring alarms at bells here when you, when you see the same things getting pushed from the top under the guise of science hmm? and, and again inside an atheistic society uh, where science would be pragmatic to do that, to, and very utilitarian to just to give someone like a technocrat put in, put them in order, get or put them in charge to get the orderly things done without any emotional qualms and so on, and and bypass this silly thing of human ethics. For goodness sake, it's so annoying having to, having to run round to the people because their emotions and ethics, except just get it done. That's what it's about. You see, that's what technocrats are for. That's what they had in the Soviet system. They made a, a, a sham of it, or a disaster of it, I should say. But they also did the same thing in, in Nazi Germany. And they did get the country on its feet awfully quickly, by the way, <laughs> when they tore up the debt to start with. But they also gave, gave uh, uh, the scientific sector a free hand to do a lot of experiments and so on on people and prisoners. And tattooing was one thing, too, for identification and don't forget, I keep thinking about Mengel and that we were raised on this kind of thing that they were the most horrific people who'd ever lived. I didn't know at the time the Soviets had done it before World War Two, on a lot of prisoners they got. They even had a it's horrible to contemplate, but I've got the old stuff here that I sort of sought out, and they had, you see this long long building like barracks actually. And, and there's, there's prisoners, and they had taken the skull tops off them. They're all lying in beds with their brains exposed. It's the first thing you see that the socialist systems do. Now you're another animal. Now we can go to, to, to town and just do things without qualms and, and, and having silly nonsense like religious rights and, and God-given rights and that terrible thing, God-given rights, eh? Now, if there's any rights at all, they'll give it to you or take them away, you see, because they're the, they're the real the, the gods of the scientists in a socialistic system. On behalf of the richest people on the planet, mind you. And, uh, there was an awful lot of multi-billionaires left in Russia when the walls came down. Uh, but anyway, getting back to what I'm saying, doesn't that make the alarm bells off? The, here's Gates. 
and MIT and the different groups working to give you a tattooed. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an advanced type of tattoo, mind you. It's like a circuit board really imprinted on your skin of all your data. And I've got to put a chip in you too with the vaccinations. And, and it's for your own good, you see. Isn't that what they always say? It's for your own good, eh? And then they can monitor everything you've ever done, and, and they can use it for your financial system too. How, how convenient! It also means that, that through a computer, if they, if they become a bad person, like Bertrand Russell says, the government, the state will just call off your credits, the currency to your bank account, and that's you instantly. Electronic, eh? Isn't it rather odd they all had it right years ago? They, they knew exactly what they could do and where they were going to take along, and here you're going through the same thing. Uh, they came out in the Nuremberg trials, bash, 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 bash. Look at these terrible, look what they did. And it's getting presented to you again, and again by scientists again, who want to do the Mengele stuff and put even odd things into your body, perhaps, that hasn't even been tested, and especially in long-term stages. I just, I, come on here, folks. Listen to what this guy also says along the same vein, mind you. And again, this is um, this is James Bullard, St. Louis president. And, and it says here, <laughs> he says, another economist turned epidemiologist at the Fed, it suggested the federal government could produce major incentives to create COVID tests and so on. But he also says here, he says, um, why the focus on testing? He says, because we want to satiate the economy with this kind of tests. But why? Simple as he explained previously. Uh, Americans would then be forced to display a badge on their clothing with the result of the test. Don't, don't you see something like repetition here of hell? Huh? Isn't that an awful? You just got to put down a coincidence. Huh? Are you really? Are you really? Huh? It's the same thing, folks, and they're in different, uh, different guises. But the same, the same excuse is for your own good. <laughs> and the folk won't get it, eh? And all, all these same types of characters dying to get into experiment on the humans, these, these silly animals called, the, the, you know, the human types. And the, the scientists are all up, step above it all. They're, what was it Julian Huxley said? And Aldous Huxley says we come from a line, a lineage of the scientific elite who help rule the people on behalf of the dominant minority. So the dominant minority at the top, then the scientific elite, that's physical and psychological and so on, and now of course psychiatry and all kinds of behaviours, all managing populations, these vast herds of people. Eh? Mm-hmm. And repetition, repetition, same thing. And this is what this character has pushed, eh? Yeah, a badge on your clothing with a result. There you go, eh? Same. Where's the outcries on this? I'm the only person who's, who's connected this so far. Has anybody else jumped on it and taken it? I'm sure they must have, because folk generally do. <laughs> Never mentioned me, though. Quite I mentioned too. It's quite amazing because uh, I've been I've been I've been pretty well um, shadow banned for years. Nothing to do with the real numbers. So get in touch with me. It's what you'll see. But uh, some of the characters that you're, you're used to following, uh, uh, 
really put cash up too to they, they can get you can you can get you hidden amongst YouTube and hidden amongst uh, even bit shooting different places like that. They actually do that and put themselves in the front pages and all that. It's quite amazing to see what goes on with the people you think that you're there's that's speaking for you. That, ah dear, what a dirty, dirty, the dirty tricks of the of the people, and you, and then they talk about the folk at the top, doing the same kind of things. Ah ha ha, quite amazing.